0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us. This is season number two. We are finally here. Who's excited? That's that's not really a live studio audience, but man, I'm so excited you guys with us for 100 episodes of the Grace Point Daily Podcast season one. And now here we are in season number two, and we have more great content coming up for you guys so that I hope you will just join us along the way. Like, share, subscribe to it, get that dialed into whatever, whatever app you're listening to in terms of podcasting, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is, you can find the Grace Point Daily Podcast anywhere in the entire world. So join the team, man. Join the Grace Point Daily Podcast and listen to it. We try to come three times a week with different things. We have verse by verse. We have real life stories. We have a bunch of stuff coming up. We're gonna add a few new wrinkles, a few new layers as well, season number two. So we're excited to dive into that. And so one of the things that you guys really liked was the real life stories. We looked at our analytics and what you guys liked, what you guys listened to the most. And one of the things that we found that you guys loved was the real life stories, the stories of people. And that is awesome. Isn't it? isn't awesome to hear the stories of how God changes the lives of people. I know he's changed my life and I love to tell my story and I love to hear the stories of other people. So today we're going to kick off season two with a real life story and we are going to welcome special guest, Heather with us today. What's up, Heather?
1: Hey, how are you?
0: And you got to tell us your last name, because I, w- I was thinking it was kind of a different last name, but now it's a more complicated one. I haven't memorized it yet. so <laughs>
1: the Monstwillow.
0: Monstwillow. Yeah. Monstwillow. I yeah. need to like, just if say it a hundred times. another one,
1: they're probably related, related to me. Yeah, yeah, cool. So,
0: Heather, round of applause for you. Thank you for being on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. And we are going to dive into your story. I know that uh, you have been a part of Grace Point here just kind of in the recent past here and seeing you chasing God and watching God work in your heart and your life. And that's powerful and it's amazing, but it's always awesome when we get to know someone. It's like this for me. Sometimes I meet someone and you just think they're normal and perfect, and then you realize, Whoa, you were messed up, man. Like yeah. You got a story. like You went through some crazy stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, I know that you went through some of that as well. So let's dive in today. Let's dive into your story, the story of Heather, Heather Montswillow. I got I to memorize that. I'm so You're sorry. Good. So tell us about your story.
1: Well, uh, where should I start?
0: Let's start from chapter one, the chapter beginning. Chapter
1: one, okay. Well, um, as a baby, I was baptized uh, Catholic. Okay. Um so as far as uh God goes, I feel like God has always been in my life. I never really had a down on my knees, save me, save me moment. Um but I did get baptized. Um okay. So Are you a
0: Missouri girl? Did you grow up in this area or what?
1: N- no, I was born um near Chicago. Okay. Oaklawn, Illinois.
0: Got it. All yes. right. Midwest gal. That's awesome. Yes. Cool.
1: Yes. Um so, I don't know, my My mother and my father were never married, um, but I'd had an awesome stepdad uh, since I was four years old. He was a drill sergeant in the army and just, he's a paramedic and a history teacher, a real go-getter. Um, he, um, As far as going to church and stuff, I uh, never really, I just kind of did that on my own even as a little girl. Um, okay. Um, I'd,
0: would you go to the Catholic church growing up then? Is that the church you'd go to? or
1: um, No, I would just kind of make my way towards the church all the time. I don't know, just kind of gravitated towards church and um, Bible stories and whatnot, but anyways.
0: Okay. Um, Were you in, in an urban environment? Was that like inner city Chicago, or uh, or was suburbs. it like a very busy Sub- urban type place?
1: Suburbs of Chicago, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Did you like that? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I had a pretty... Pretty average childhood, actually.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you really had, I mean, it's similar to me in that you were baptized in Catholic church, I was as well. You kind of had a knowledge of God or a recognition of God. And I think, you know, one thing that, that I tell people over and over again as a pastor is we we were created by God. So we instinct, there, there are instinctive things inside of us that long for God, even if we don't have God. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we can go back in our story like, well, maybe I didn't grow up in church singing songs and Sunday school stories, but yet there I can look back in my path and realize there was a searching. Like I wanted God. Yeah. Maybe I didn't know that was God, but everything inside of me wanted God. Yeah. I just had to get to that moment. So, but you, so you grew up with your mom and your stepdad. Yes. Primarily. Yes. And now he was a military guy. So did you move a lot then? Or you just stayed um, in the same spot?
1: No, actually. Um, at the time, he was not in the military, but he was an ex-drill sergeant, so, um, but he brought all those ethics and whatnot to the house. Okay. So, so that he was would... pretty cool. Very disciplined. Okay. Not too harsh, you know, not too light. Just uh-huh. pretty much just right.
0: But that was your dad? He was like your dad? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Had a good connection with him and everything? Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What was life like as a little kid then?
1: Um, pretty average. Yeah. I was like always a tomboy, digging in the dirt. Okay. Um, I have brothers. Um, I have one brother that I lived with and grew up with. So, um, but I'm the big sister. Um, okay. And um, just pretty average, really. And okay.
0: Were you smart? Were you what were like?
1: Yeah, every, yeah. School came easily
0: for okay. me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're gonna, I'm, we're setting this all up because okay. we're gonna get in a minute here to like your messed up life. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if you're normal like you're good in school you know it's like how do we get to these points in right, life right, so i'm exactly. um, so obviously, as a kid things are fine you don't have any like crazy life altering experiences you know, etc i wanted
1: to be a lawyer yeah okay. big dreams you can still be one yes
0: <laughs> are you still going to be one what do you want to be well when you grow up
1: uh yeah i don't want to grow up i'm not <laughs> right, doing right. it <laughs> yeah
0: do you Still want to be a lawyer? No. You think that's what God has for you? No. Okay, but that was your desire as a yes. kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a kid, you want to be a lawyer, you're doing good in school, and those kind of things. What happens when you get to that junior high? You start to get to this well, entering woman stage.
1: Well, I guess, um, my mom drank a lot and, um, just kind of they had friends and they would drink and stuff, so I guess that was like you know, some sort of a lifestyle, and uh, mm-hmm. so I would. I started drinking a little bit, okay. you know, um, she actually tried alcohol with me when I was 11. Wow. Um, okay. So, I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I am mean, we, before we hopped on, hit the record button, you were talking about your first time doing drugs was at age 11. So what did you do first? You said, uh, did you do marijuana or alcohol first?
1: Uh, it was kind of around really the same time. Yeah.
0: Okay. So was your mom doing alcohol and was she doing marijuana and no, drugs of no, that no, nature? No, no, no. Just alcohol. Just alcohol. Yes. Okay. And she gave, so what did you think of that as a little girl? Were you, did it, did it look fascinating? Did it look exciting? Or what, can you go back in your mind to that moment and be like, oh man, I just, I thought that looked so cool. I really wanted to do that. Or what were you thinking as a little kid?
1: Just curiosity. Curiosity. Really, yeah.
0: And did you, now your mom gave you some or, cause I can remember, I can remember, Sneaking it, you know, I can remember being like, Oh man, we got to get a hold of that. Mm-hmm. We got to try some. Yeah. We got doing
1: something you're not supposed to be doing, I guess. Yeah, so just your first happened. drink of alcohol
0: was it like sneaking in a mom's closet, in the refrigerator? Was it mom? I, I know I have friends. I can remember uh, parents, Hey, take a just try a little yeah, drink yeah. here. Yeah, it was kind of like that. It's kind of like that. Yep. And what, what, do you remember what that, was it disgusting? (laughs) Well,
1: I had one wine cooler and I do remember getting drunk and yeah, at 11. At 11? Yeah. Just, I couldn't picture me doing that with my child and just, I don't know.
0: That's what's crazy now, right? Now that we're adults is to think back of like a a little kid. I mean, I think of some of the things that I did. um, I was probably more around 14, 15, 15 in that ballpark, but to think of 11 year old girl getting smashed. Like yeah. that's, that's not normal. Yeah, That right. shouldn't be normal. Right? right. Right. But you did. Yeah. And did that, did you feel at that moment, did that like release something or did it create a desire or,
1: um, not real, not really, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, <clears throat> why she did that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then did you start doing that on a regular basis then, or was it, very sporadic um, at the start.
1: No, not really, but it did. I guess open up a door to kind of um, just into that lifestyle because then yeah. I started smoke trying cigarettes and okay. yeah, it just kind of um, escalated from there.
0: Yeah, and we yeah. talk. I mean, we're again, we're going to get into this a little deeper, but we talk about today that you know sometimes smoking, drinking, that they're they're gateway drugs, if yes. you will, or gateways into other things. You agree with that? Yes. Right. I mean, a lot, and a lot of people say no. Right. They're like, oh, no, don't so say that. Denial. But yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: It, it opens it opens up the door because that stuff, because here's ultimately the spiritual point is that stuff doesn't satisfy. Yeah. So you have to keep you either have to have more of that or you have to add more and more things. Yeah and that's the beautiful part of Jesus. You don't have to add Absolutely. anything else to Jesus. Yeah, like amen. he's enough. Yeah. He's sufficient. So anyway, that's the goal of we're talking this podcast is like we all need Jesus, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so you start drinking and then did that increase like in junior high, high school or
1: um yes um Still well, then, I was still good good at school just came yeah. naturally. Okay. Um
0: You didn't become like a raging alcoholic that stopped going to school or something. Okay, like
1: that. I would say at 14 I did start to get uh like um like the friends I still have these friends today, but okay. at 14 I got arrested for underage drinking. Um my mom left me us at home and um and we were getting rowdy and the cops came and um, I got arrested and, um, that was the first time I got arrested. And that's actually the, my first job, um, comes in cause I had a fine to pay. And my mom said, well, you're not, you're, I'm not paying for this. Okay. Um, you have to pay for this. So that enters my work ethic there. Um,
0: how much did you have to pay?
1: $200, 200 bucks. Yes.
0: That's overwhelming as a 14 year old. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. you like, that's a lot of hours at McDonald's or. Yes. Wherever. Yes. What were you freaked out when you got arrested? Who what so his neighbors that called like called the cops cuz you're getting crazy and yeah. Were you freaked out? Um I mean cuz you did you have the handcuffs slapped on you and everything or yeah. what? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: What did you think? Were you like, "Oh my goodness, I well, can't believe I'm getting arrested."
1: Not really, but I guess that's when the okay. rebellion set in a little bit more.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what did you do? Did you go to jail for like a few hours and yeah, night did or what? To,
1: uh, well, actually, yeah, I went to the police station and my mom had to come pick me up. And, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Check in, check out kind yeah. of deal. Mm-hmm. All right. And was that, was that a defining moment? Was that a moment where you just mentioned rebellion? It was that kind of now where rebellion begins to set itself, entrench I, itself in your life?
1: I guess I'd say so. Yes. Okay.
0: So a rebellion against, what, your well, parents? At, at,
1: at that time, my mom and my stepdad had got a divorce. So I'm pretty sure that, uh, looking back now, I'm pretty sure that's kind of what set it off.
0: Okay. That makes a difference, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, that, that, those are things. And the reason those are, are defining moments is because they're not God's will. There's not God's intention for us. And I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, not only do your decisions affect you, but no matter what amount of influence you think you have or you don't have, you are affecting a lot of people
1: Yeah.
0: by what you do. Yeah. So rebellion begins to entrench itself. 14 scenario, like eighth, ninth grade, something like that. Yes. What's the goal in life now? Is it like, is being a lawyer, That is that all faded into yeah, distance probably, and now you just yeah. want to party and have fun? Yeah. <laughs> and you had friends. And it, I mean, there's a lot of layers here that things that you're saying, which, um, we know, but we forget, you know, n- number one, it's that it's the gateway. It's it's when we be expose ourselves to whether it be alcohol, marijuana, and then the other thing of of some life circumstances or situation with our parents. And then um, you bring up another one, which we talk about all the time is the power of our friends, who we put in our life. That's so huge. Yeah. So you had bad friends, obviously.
1: Well, I'd, maybe not
0: bad friends, but friends that were doing bad things.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, were they more, uh, were they on a different level than you? Were they, or were they in, in, into drugs more than you? Were they drinking more than you or?
1: Um, I don't know. <clears throat> we just kind of, we're still friends really. Okay. Um, but I guess just curiosity and um, their parents were a little bit the same.
0: Yeah. Why, that's why I'm a huge, so I'm like a huge guy and like, um, for our children and for teenagers, like you just brought up a great word, curiosity, because that's what we are. And, and that point of life, like I tell people, okay, like I had sex, I did, uh, I drank alcohol, which is a drug. Right. And so I guess I can say I did drugs. Right. But you know, like I was curious and I was trying to find something to fill that void inside of me, that, yeah. that curiosity. And that's why I'm always talking about, like, we need to expose yeah, our kids to the presence home, of Jesus.
1: And yeah. mm-hmm. the home, if the parents aren't, talking to it and telling them about it, they're not going to know unless, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to know unless somebody tells you or, you know.
0: You're going to, you're going to, we're, we instinctively, we're going to chase after something yeah. like in our life. And yes. if we don't know what we're supposed to chase after all we have is what the world presents us, yeah. you know, like that's all we have. Like, right. so then we're like, oh, okay. Well the world says like, Hey, drink. The world says do drugs. The world says, you know, and that's what we do. Right. I mean, it's, it's today we talk a lot about sexual identity, you know, like I've never personally, okay, I'll use this example. I've never personally struggled with homosexuality. Right. I've never had that struggle before, but I look at now, like just, just the layers and levels of sexual identity and all the confusion regarding that. And I'm like, well, man, if I was a high schooler today, I would probably be curious, like you just said about all this stuff. And maybe I would, maybe I would dive into that. Maybe, maybe I would experiment with that, right? Because I'm just I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. And if you don't have that guiding force or those people in your life that are pushing you to Jesus, you're gonna go the other direction. Yeah. Where was God in the midst of that? Did you ever think about God? Um you're a high schooler, you're doing you know, doing drugs, you're rebellious.
1: I was always more of like a just a spiritual person. I okay. never really gave credit to Jesus or I knew the story of Jesus and the stories in the Bible, but I never really praised Jesus and gave him th- the glory that he deserves and um but I've always been a spiritual person
0: okay yes yeah so there's a hunger inside there that whole time do you ever have any conversations with friends like in the midst of parties or about um, God Jesus any of that kind of stuff
1: yeah the, the whole adolescent um is does God exist debates. And, uh, you know, I just, I really tried to stay out of politics and religion because it kind of led nowhere. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I story like, we're just interacting here is that story I had when I was in high school. I remember I went out and partied and we were coming back home late at night. And I don't know, I don't know why in my brain I was like, man, I wonder if I died right now. Like if I'd go to heaven or hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I can remember thinking about that.
1: Yeah, you know a, that's a and, deep question and kind of being like
0: freaked out about it a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah. like because I knew I wasn't right with God. I knew I didn't really have a relationship with God or any of those kind of things,
1: yeah, well, um there's that dark side, the dark side of the curiosity, like we would go to the cemeteries and um and whatnot. Okay. and um my friend was big into witchcraft, wow, so, yeah, so um, we kind of. Explored a little bit with that, but okay. Um, but just a spiritual person.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? If you don't not like, like
1: devil worshipping or anything, right, like that, right. Just but you know, people are
0: yeah, people are hungry for the Lord, though. You know, I talk to. I think sometimes people think that if you talk to them about here's what I think you would totally agree with is I think today that people are opposed to religion, but they're not opposed to Jesus. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like they see religion, they see like church and. Mm-hmm you know this religious structure and that's very like that it that that does turn you off yeah. right i mean it's mm-hmm. like just going to church and doing religious stuff that's not really that exciting but as you and i know when like you experience the presence of the living god the one true Absolutely. living god jesus over and, over
1: and over again then you're like
0: wow that yeah. that's that's what i want all day every day the religious stuff doesn't do anything for me right the the real presence of jesus that doesn't just do it for me. That does everything for me. Yeah. Uh, and so again, man, we got to be praying for our teenager, our young people, teenagers, because they're, man, I, I love that word that you've been using curious they are curious and they are going to search they are going to search for something and uh, that's why like even my daughters i've taken them to africa i've taken them to because i'm like look at jesus you know I'm, yeah. i just want to keep showing them jesus well,
1: and then it's kind of scary too because you don't want to cram it down their throat and yeah. turn them off of it so right. there's got to be a, a happy medium to to tell tell the story about right right Jesus, yeah. and um so i tread lightly too when when i yeah, I tr- I try not to tread lightly uh, <laughs> when I'm talking about Jesus, but I'm yeah, you so passionate to... about it. But mm-hmm. uh, that comes to another point in my walk. Okay, um, with the with um, people not understanding the passionate okay <laughs> aspect of it, um, right. the mental health aspect of it.
0: Okay, talk about that.
1: Okay, well, um, so I'm not. Okay. How do I coincide my drug use with mental health, you know? And mm-hmm. um and still being passionate about Jesus. Okay. Um, through it all because I have had so many beautiful spiritual experiences and um well people when I was telling them about them, they would say, Well, were you on drugs? And I'll like, <laughs> Well wow, darn it, you know, yes I was, yeah. but <laughs> Okay. So, and um, but that doesn't stop the fact that beautiful things have happened to me, mm-hmm. and I've experienced like mountains moved, you know when it's talks in the Bible about mountains being moved literally parting the Red Sea, like beautiful stuff like that has happened to me, and um uh, I'm trying to explain it to people, and it landed me in the psychiatric ward <laughs> okay.
0: um
1: a couple of times <clears throat> um. So, and I've, i they actually put a label on me. I've been labeled schizoaffective and schizoaffective, schizoaffective Okay. effective. Yes. So, um, I'm not, I don't sh- know what that means. Well, I, <laughs> I guess it means that you have, I don't know, you're very effective with your personalities or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'm not a doctor.
0: Okay. So what happened in, uh, we we are kind of on that 14ish kind of age. Okay. High school moving into as you're kind of graduating from high school. What's that phase of life look like? You're still doing just a lot of the same things and
1: Okay. Well, I remember at 16 I moved on to cocaine. Okay. And um and heroin.
0: And was that just because marijuana didn't seem to be enough or well, you just I, you know, wanted more, just more, want more, more curiosity, more curiosity? Yeah. yeah.
1: Why not? You know, grown up.
0: <laughs> okay. And those are powerful things, man. Yeah. I mean, I, there are. I mean, you know, there's not sin is sin, right? Like when we sin, but like there are levels of, yeah, this stuff. Like, yeah. and and in, when it comes to drug use, there's varying levels that yeah. become more intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And c- cocaine and heroin are a more intense level.
1: Oh yeah, and then and then w- then you dive in deeper to the marijuana, uh, not marijuana mushrooms, the psychedelics, LSD. Then you get into Timothy Leary and all those wow. semantics. And okay, so you had
0: exposure to really all this stuff, right? Yeah, all of it. At, at some point. All of it. Wow. And that was from friends and just connections? and Yeah. How did you get a hold? Of, were, did you have a job? Did, were you able to buy it or yeah. oh, just yeah. getting it for free?
1: Yeah. No, I was always, well, I mean, I I'd never had to worry about it. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Yeah.
0: What's the most expensive drug that you can take?
1: Um, cocaine.
0: Cocaine. Yes. Why is it so expensive?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it's right. very expensive, yeah. though. Okay. Yes. So, yeah.
0: And I have not. I have not done cocaine. So cocaine is you. You can either shoot it or snort it. Or uh, um, I never use
1: needles, but okay. um, you can snort it. And
0: okay.
1: You can shoot it. Wow. Um So yeah, in the midst of all, all that, did you any f- of
0: it? Yeah. Well. Okay. Here's ever. where I was going to go. I remember now. What was what was like your weirdest, crazy experience in the midst of all this? Like what? I know you had a friend with some like witchcraft, or did you have any like scary moments? Is what I'm getting at. Is like do you have any moments where like okay, I'm now freaked out that um, I'm in this lifestyle and I want to get out.
1: Well, really yes, i like yes. <laughs> yes. And no, yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Um after the birth of my children, when they're not in your life anymore, that's when it really hits you. Okay.
0: And so children, when did you have your first kid? How old were you?
1: I was um 20. 20? Yes.
0: Was that scary? Was that
1: having overwhelming ch- at that child, age? Yeah. I when I found out I was pregnant, I stopped everything.
0: You did? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow.
1: So, um and I was, Which is
0: awesome because that really makes me mad when uh, I have personally yeah, <laughs> makes, had to interact yeah, yeah. with mm-hmm. women who will not stop yeah. certain substances yeah. when they're pregnant. And that that is such a huge disservice to that child.
1: Yeah. It is. But you stopped. Yeah, I stopped. Because of that, yeah, and um, she, she's awesome, I, I love her so much. Okay, her name so is Magnolia. you had a girl, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another daughter too, her name is Chloe. Okay, she's eight. I, um, I don't know if I should say it now or move on with the timeline, or no, go ahead and say it. Uh, she's she got adopted, okay, yes. Um, so I only have contact with one of my daughters, which okay. is Magnolia, the first one.
0: Wow. So you uh, have two two kids and those kind of things, and, you know, we're talking a lot about substance, drugs, and all these kind of things. At what point does Jesus really begin to enter into the picture of your life?
1: Um, I mean,
0: I know you, you said, man, I've always yes. been open spiritually. Yes. I've always, in a sense, had want, had a hunger for God. But where is, like, Jesus, you feel like he begins to really step into the story? I mean, he's always in the story. He's always working, but... yeah. The moment when you're like, man, I want him more than all this stuff.
1: The moment that I wanted Jesus more than anything in the world is right now.
0: Right now? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What I know in terms That's of... how uh,
1: I feel every day when I wake up. Yeah. And I just, I can't remember a certain point in time where I felt like that. Okay. But, Yeah.
0: Because I know we talked about, I know a connection that you have kind of with our church was that you were incarcerated, right? And a a person from our church came and did, you know, a little service or a talk or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you were at that. Tell me about that experience.
1: Um, Well, um, when I was incarcerated here in Jasper County, which big surprise, I started out doing drugs, ended up in Jasper County. Jill, um, Joan actually came with um, Rita. To jail ministry and
0: well yeah, couple ladies. That's
1: that's how I I found out about Grace Point. Mm -hmm. Is yeah.
0: Was that a cool night? Where was it like? Yeah, it was
1: very cool. People need Jesus in jail. Okay. (laughs) People find Jesus in jail, and people stay in the Word in jail, and it's amazing how Jesus works in jail.
0: Wow! Yeah. Uh, Talk about that. I mean, really, because I mean, you. I mean, it's not like, yeah, hey, I've been in jail. You want to hear it? You know, it's like, yeah, that's something you're proud of. But talk about that. People well, who a, need. In
1: a weird way, I am kind of proud of it because I was in the Word every single day. Every single day I woke, I was incarcerated for two years. Wow. Yes, and um,
0: but that was the time for you to connect with God.
1: Very much so. Every single day. Yes, I would wake up in the Bible, in the Bible, and I was in solitary confinement for months on just by myself and it's amazing that you could open the bible every single day and just get something new out of it every day every day every day every day wow yeah
0: yeah So, and that, that's a great point that you bring up here's what i'm trying to here's where i think we need to change and alter our message a little bit as as christians as like jesus followers is i think like we promote this message or like see if you agree with this or not like someone like who's in jail like they're evil like they're bad
1: right they broke the the law yeah
0: but the reality is they've just done something wrong and they're Mm. broken and they need help yeah that that's really i mean i mean you did something wrong and you just needed help you were broken people
1: feel abandoned people feel hopeless people feel just yeah broken um just guilt-stricken all of it there's so many just bad emotions that only jesus can cure and um
0: but that was like that's. I mean, that's cool though. What you're saying is like in jail. That was a time for you to like get closer to God because you didn't have anything else at that point. Like you couldn't run to drugs. You couldn't run.
1: Yeah, yeah. With all that, you're there. Yeah, mm-hmm. one place. Yeah, it was very hard for me. But yeah, um, but then yeah, in the Bible, I just I don't know. I <laughs> I'm that girl now that's like I just I love Jesus. I'm happy all the time, yeah. and I get on people's <laughs> nerves and um, just. So all the stuff that I've been through, I feel like God put me in that situation to get to explain my what has happened to me mm-hmm. through the Bible, and that's just very important to me to be able to explain myself. And I'm still learning, and I'm still, you know, trying to apply it in my mm-hmm. daily life. Um, but I feel like everything we go through is definitely for a reason.
0: Yeah. We're yeah. we're never done. God's like yeah. working the story over and over and over again. What was it like when you finally got out? Two two years. You're two years incarcerated.
1: Yes. Between between that and um, between that and the psychiatric ward, two years. Yes.
0: Okay. So what was it like the moment you finally step out, back into the world, real world? Is I was it like nervous? Oh, my I've goodness. been
1: institutionalized for so long <laughs> that I don't know. I was I was really scared. Um, but um, God has been so good to me thus far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you brought up a great point that I think I'd make, I'd preach on sometime is I had been, okay, you just said this. I had been institutionalized so long. I wasn't sure what to do. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of people that are Christians that have been institutionalized in religion for so long that they forgot what a real relationship with Christ is like.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I feel like they forgot what it's like to step out and minister to people. Yeah. And cause there, there's okay, I'm, I'm saved now. I'm not perfect. I'm still on the journey. I'm still on the path, but there, there are all kinds of Jeremiah Johnson's out in the world right now. Uh, young men, uh, teenagers, etc. broken, searching for direction. And there's all kinds of Heathers out in the world right now. Like somebody help me. Somebody tell me about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So what'd you do after you step out? You're nervous. You're like, was all that? Did all the temptations well, come flooding back in? This,
1: I'm not from this area. I didn't yeah. know where I was going to go. I just I uh, needed help. <laughs> like help me. Um, I've been I've been in those situations. Somebody help me. And um, God just has this beautiful way of working so mysteriously and gracefully, though, um, mm-hmm. just to to make sure. Be still and know that I am God. He just always has provided. He is just awesome. What is that Matthew Matthew six uh, about worrying? Oh, uh, what? The, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Yep. Do not stop worrying. Yeah,
0: I preached that last I, Wednesday night, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I look at the birds of the air, the flowers of yeah, the field. That's one of my
1: favorite because I take
0: care of all that stuff. I'll take care yeah. of you. Yeah,
1: yes, because I used to worry so much, and I just I've I just give it all to God. I really do.
0: What's the uh, – give me a few last thoughts. We're going to wrap up here. But what, what do you feel like the anthem of your life now is like?
1: Well, I my goal is – and I I'm not sure if this is what adulting is, but I want to tell people the good that Jesus can do. And I just want to make sure that people are living the right kind of life for Jesus. When people – drugs and alcohol is not the way to go. Um I've seen people do drugs and do crazy things to get drugs for that feeling. I mean the wheels start turning to and I would just if the wheels could start turning to tell people about Jesus and the good life like they can for that. I would just I would just I don't know. I'm still working on it, buddy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And God's using you now though to bring Jesus to other people. Yes. Just like you and I love it how God God just uses our story. I mean, and there's days, I mean, I don't know if you've had days like this, some days I've had where I'm like, man, I wish I just would have never done any of this. And I, you know, I just would have just been perfect. And, but that's not reality. And I can't, I can't change that. I can't change my past. Jesus can and Jesus did, but now I can change my future and the direction and what I am going to do with my life and my choices, my decisions, my actions. And I'm determined to make all of those glorify and honor Jesus. Absolutely. So, wow, powerful story. Uh, We could probably talk a lot more about it, but do you have any last thoughts? I mean, we kind of scattered around a little bit here and there. but
1: Well, um, what is the sole purpose of man? Well, the sole purpose of man is to love God and to serve God for all the days of our life. And I just would encourage everybody to do that.
0: I don't know what else to add to that. I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I preach all the time. What else else do I add to that? That's exactly it. Say it (laughs) one more time.
1: What is the sole purpose of man? Why are we here? Is it just to exist? No. Is it for things? No. Is it to serve God and to love God for all the days of our lives? Yes.
0: Awesome. So why don't you guys do that? Thank you for listening to this Heather's Powerful Story. I hope that you you loved it and that you will share it with someone else. We'll talk to you guys next time.